Welcome to Dinosaur George Kids. A show for anyone who loves dinosaurs. Dinosaur George has studied paleontology for over 50 years and has performed live to over 4 million students across the world. So sit back and enjoy today's show. Now, here's Dinosaur George. Well, hey there, future paleontologists. How are all my little friends doing? I'm Dinosaur George. Welcome to the podcast. Today is the 15th day of January, 2022. What year are we in? 2022. <laughs> how bad is that? I honestly cannot remember what year we're dealing with. That's how crazy my day, my life has been. The year is 2022. I'm already a year ahead. It is January. And uh, today here in San Antonio, Texas, where I'm from, the wind is blowing like crazy. The wind is crazy. Now it's it's not cold. I know a lot of you live in places where it's cold. So uh, I hope you're bundling up and staying nice and warm. As of today, we have 228,184 downloads of this podcast. We're heard in 122 countries and in 7,550 cities around the world. And we have 458 Patreon members. So this continues to grow. Things are going great. And I'm so proud of, of the numbers. And I'm so glad. And it is all because of you. Because you all are helping spread the word. And you're telling your friends. And you're letting people know about the podcast. And I certainly appreciate that very, very much. If you're new to the podcast, we do a couple of things. We always have a, a feature creature which is I choose an animal, and that's the animal that I speak about for that particular uh, show. I will go to the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group page and make comments about some of the nice letters and videos and pictures that you all post there. I do an Ask Dinosaur George segment where I answer questions that are sent in. I do the Who Would Win segment, that one everybody likes, that's where you get to choose uh, two animals or a group of animals if you want, and I'll tell you who I think wins. But to do the Who Would Wins, you have to be a T-Rex Club member of our Patreon group. And then, when time permits, I do a couple of other things. Uh, uh, my friend Noah does a report on new discoveries, and when I have time, I put those in. And also, I post interviews where I interview some of my T-Rex Club members, and uh, I post them on there as well. So if you're new to the podcast, I hope you enjoy it. If you've been listening for a long time, thank you all so very much. I want to start off with a couple of important shout-outs. Shout-out number one goes to Raynan, who is six years old and I believe lives in Houston. Uh, so happy birthday to you, Raynan. I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know if your birthday already passed or if it's coming up, but I know it's pretty close to this. So anyway, happy birthday to you, my friend. And then Marcos has gotten a year subscription on Patreon for his sixth birthday, which was on January 6th. Well, Marcos, 
two shout outs to you. Shout out for your birthday on January 6th and shout out for being a member of the Patreon Club. For any of you that want to join the Patreon Club, I hope you do. Uh, we love to have you. And Marcus, thank you and, and welcome, welcome for being a member to the club. And then yesterday, I was so excited. I was speaking at Sem Elementary in Frisco, Texas. I was doing a a uh, performance there, and Rishi, a young man, walks up to me and says, "Hey, I listen to your podcast." So I said, "Hey, then how about I give you a shout out?" So there, my little friend Rishi, it was nice seeing you. It was nice talking to you, all of your classmates. I hope you and everybody at Sam Elementary enjoyed it because I had a great, great time. It was really a lot of fun, and I appreciated it so much, and I, I love doing those assemblies. Uh, speaking of my traveling museum, I also spoke at Eddins Elementary in McKinney, Texas with our traveling museum. We stopped there on uh, Thursday to see everybody, and that was a tremendous amount of fun. I enjoyed it very much. And then in career, um, I'm sorry, career, 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 career. I keep saying that Creek, (laughs) Rebecca Creek Elementary, (laughs) Rebecca Creek Elementary in Spring, Texas. I was trying to combine Creek and Spring in the same word. Rebecca Creek Elementary in Spring, Texas on Monday or Tuesday, our traveling museum stopped there. It was nice meeting all of your Uh, Everybody there in that school, you guys were a lot of fun as well. All right. Uh, And by the way, I did a private lesson for Charlie on his birthday. Charlie and his brother Lucas and his mom and dad were there. And I got to do a private lesson. I had so much fun. Charlie, you really know a lot about dinosaurs. Now, I was going to try to do this podcast that day, which would have been on the day of his birthday, but... I wasn't able to because time didn't allow. So, Charlie, I apologize that this podcast came out late, but happy birthday to you, my friend, and thank you, and thank your parents for letting me celebrate your birthday with your private lesson. All right. Uh, And then this one's kind of cool. Mason just became a T-Rex member, and uh, he got a gift from, from the Tooth Fairy. This is cool. He recently found my podcast and listens to it any chance he gets. His birthday is coming up on February the 4th. Well, I want to give you an early shout out, Mason. First, I want to tell you welcome to the club and thank you for being a T-Rex member. Shout out to that. But also, shout out to you on your upcoming birthday, which will be February 4th. To everyone who's having a birthday, who has had a birthday in January or coming up in February, I think everybody needs to hear Some dinosaur sing happy birthday. Let's see. Let's see. Let's choose a, let's choose an ankylosaurus. All right. Now, one of the problems, whenever I pick a meat eater, they always sing, I'm going to eat you for dinner. And that's horrible. So this time I'm picking ankylosaurus because there's no way he's going to eat anybody for dinner. So here we go. Happy birthday sung to you by a baby Ankylosaurus. Ready? Happy birthday to you. Cha-cha-cha. Hat. All right. I'm going to say this one more time. Don't add cha-cha-cha to the birthday song, all right? Just sing the birthday song. 
I'm sorry, everybody. Let's try it again. You ready? All right, here we go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. I'm gonna crush you for dinner and spit out your shoes. That was horrible. Why would an ankylosaurus want to crush somebody for dinner and then eat their shoes and then spit them out? Okay, for everybody having a birthday, I'm very sorry. I thought if I asked a plant eater to sing happy birthday, it would come out better, but they're just as naughty as the meat eaters. I can't believe that. Why would you Why would you do that? Just so you all know, uh, Ankylosaurus is sitting there laughing because it thought it was absolutely hilarious. That was very rude. I cannot believe it. Let's do our feature creature. It's time for our feature creature segment. If you would like to suggest a creature, go to the Dinosaur George Kids podcast page at dinosaurgeorge.com or post your suggestion on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group page. Now, here is your feature creature. You know, it's amazing. I actually had a lot of people ask that I do a podcast on Iguanodon. And my very good friend, J.W., uh, was the last one to suggest it. And I went, all right, if J.W. is going to ask for it, then I'm going to go ahead and do it. Okay. So maybe J.W. is my friend and I was doing it as a favor. But for everybody else that suggested it, you're just as important. So let's talk about Iguanodon. Now, the name Iguanodon means iguana tooth. And, and again, when you hear these dinosaur names, often... They are not English words. They are in Latin or Greek. Those two languages are very common and were very common when dinosaurs were first being discovered. And because Latin and Greek were the two languages that most scientists around the world understood, that's why they use those names. That's why they use that language to give them names. Now that English has become more prevalent and people speak English all over the world, uh, you are starting to see more English named dinosaurs and you're seeing dinosaurs named in China and they're using Chinese words. And so that happens. You see that a lot. But the earliest dinosaurs were always named using Latin or Greek. And so Iguanodon, that's two words in Latin, Iguana tooth. Why did they name it that? Because its tooth was shaped just like the tooth of an iguana. These dinosaurs were 13 meters long. That's 43 feet. That's a big dinosaur. Not giant, but that's a big dinosaur. And they probably weighed around three tons. That's about as much as a large African elephant. They have been found in Asia, Europe, and North America. So that's a lot of area. And here's the thing that is most important to me about Iguanodon. They lived from the late Jurassic into the early Cretaceous. Now, not a lot of species made it from the Jurassic into the Cretaceous. Something occurred at the end of the Jurassic period. We don't know for sure what that is, but something happened that caused a lot of the Jurassic dinosaurs to disappear from the fossil record. When that happens all over the world, then that usually means a worldwide change in an environment. Usually, 
when things die all around the world, that the only thing that connects the whole world is the weather, the environments. Well, if the environment changes, plants and animals either have to adapt to the new environment, they can leave and go to another one. Plants can't necessarily walk off, but plants can let their seeds blow in the wind to land somewhere else, or they die. Well, Iguanodon is one of those dinosaurs that made it through the end of the Jurassic into the early Cretaceous. And that means this is a very successful dinosaur. Now, this is a dinosaur that could walk on two or four legs. So it is a quadruped or semi-biped. Quadruped means walking on four legs. Biped means walking on their hind legs. These dinosaurs could do either one. Maybe they were biped and semi-quadruped. The word semi means sometimes or a little. So we know from footprints that we think are iguanodon, it's walking on two legs. But we also know from some hadrosaur footprints, which is a cousin of iguanodon, that they also walk on four. So this dinosaur could walk on two legs or four. It probably walked and ate when it was on four legs so that its body weight is more evenly distributed. But when this thing needed to move quick, like run, then I believe it would get up on its hind legs. And Iguanodon was an herbivore. Now, this is an incredibly successful dinosaur, but a very important dinosaur because Iguanodon was the second dinosaur that ever received a name. It was named in 1825. 1825. You know what? I'm going to take my calculator because I can't think off the top of my head. Minus 1825. 197 years ago is when they named Iguanodon. Now, I mentioned the word hadrosaur. That's the duckbill dinosaurs. Iguanodon is not a hadrosaur, a duckbill dinosaur. It is a close relative from a little bit different family group. So, Iguanodon may sort of look like a duckbill, and a duckbill, just that you know, I'm talking about Parasaurolophus or Myasaura or um, who else? Edmontosaurus or, um, oh my gosh, Lambiosaurus, Critosaurus. Those are all members of the Hadrosaur family, and they have that flat beak. But Iguanodon does not have that flat beak. In fact, Iguanodon's mouth looks more like sort of the beak of a bird. So it's probably better for cropping, snapping, or cutting through tougher vegetation. And the other difference between Iguanodon and the Hadrosaurs are the teeth. Hadrosaurs have hundreds, maybe thousands of teeth in their mouth. Iguanodon doesn't have that many. It does have very powerful teeth that are probably very good for ripping through tough plants, but their teeth are a little different. So it may look kind of sort of like a hadrosaur, but it's not. They're not really a hadrosaur. On February 28th in 1878, some coal miners in Belgium were digging underground like a thousand feet down when they discovered some bones. Now, at first, they thought those bones were fossilized wood, but they realized that these were bones and the 
the mine workers were smart enough to let some scientists know about what they found. The scientists then went into that coal mine and they ultimately excavated at least 38 iguanodons. Now, finding 38 dinosaurs together tells you something about that dinosaur. It tells you that it's probably living in a herd. When you find that many of one species of dinosaur, that probably means they all died together, and that means they all lived together in a herd. Sometimes when you find, like, let's say you find an Allosaurus, Maybe you find three Allosauruses and you find a Camarasaurus and half of a Stegosaurus. When you find that, you might think, hey, wonder what happened here. Did these animals kind of, were they, did they die somewhere? And then their body floated down a river during a flood and wherever their body got stuck against the shore, that's where they got buried. And that's why we find them together. That happens when you find different species together. But when you find 38 of the same species, that means those guys are almost definitely living together in a group. And it would make sense for Iguanodon to live in a group because if you if you don't know what Iguanodon looks like, its name is spelled I-G-U-A-N-O-D-O-N, Iguanodon. Take a look at Iguanodon. You look at it and you think, what? how did this thing defend itself? It doesn't seem to have any weapons. Well, I want you to take a very close look at its front feet or its hands. One of the things you will notice is an oversized spike sticking out of the side. That is Iguanodon's weapon. And you know, my whole life I called it a thumb spike, but I don't know technically if that's Iguanodon's thumb or not. You know what? I need to research that. Any of you that would like a research project, that's the project. Find out if that big pointy thing on its hand is actually its thumb. I just realized right now, I don't, I don't know if it's thumb or not, but it's certainly one of its fingers and it is absolutely big and pointy. And that makes for a very good weapon. The thumb is probably its weapon, but it could also use its tail to slap you. It could slap you or it could literally run over you and crush you. But by itself, Iguanodon probably doesn't have the right kind of protection that you need to get away from big carnivores. I mean, that thumb spike is a good weapon, but you've got to be next to the carnivore to use it. And that means you better hope that you're bigger than the carnivore, because if the carnivore is close enough to you that all that you can do is stab him with your thumb, that probably means his head is already over your back and grabbing you by the neck before you can even reach him with the thumb spike. So the thumb spike is not an excellent weapon. I think the first thing iguanodons would do is turn and run. They probably would run, but if they had to make a stand, then definitely they would use that thumb spike or their tail as a way to hopefully knock you down. But I want to talk a little bit about that thumb spike because this is so much fun. Now, remember, this dinosaur back in the 1800s, almost 200 years ago, Back in the 1800s, scientists didn't know what a dinosaur was. Nobody had ever seen one. They had no idea what this thing was. So it was like, if you don't know what it is, 
but it has a tooth that is shaped like the tooth of an iguana, then you're probably going to think it's an iguana. They drew it as an animal with legs sticking out to the side like a big iguana. And what did they do with the thumb spike? They glued it to his nose because they thought it was a horn. They, they glued the thumb spike to the nose because they thought it was a horn. Now, another thing to keep in mind, when you find dinosaur skeletons, they are usually scrambled and mixed up. Either some pieces are missing, some of the bones are broken, been turned to dust. So it's not like you have the whole thing in front of you. Think about this. If I took a puzzle that had 500 pieces and I put the pieces in a bag and I shook them up and mixed them up and then I took some of the pieces out and threw them away and then I didn't give you a picture of what the puzzle was supposed to be, imagine how hard it would be for you to do that puzzle. You would be missing pieces and you wouldn't know what it looks like to start off with. When you're working on a puzzle, what helps is a picture of the puzzle so you know you know if a blue color might be the sky or water. Well, if you find mixed up dinosaur bones, you don't know which ones go where until you've had time to study them. Well, if nobody studied dinosaurs when this was discovered, how would they know? So it may sound funny or silly that they glued his thumb to his nose, but at that time, that's what they thought made sense. So when you see early pictures of Iguanodon, you see it on all four legs. Its legs are kind of stuck out to the side, sort of like a lizard or a reptile. And its thumb is sticking out of the end of its nose. But as more scientists started studying dinosaurs and as more specimens were uncovered, they started to realize that they had been putting them together incorrectly. So today, all of you are looking at dinosaurs and you're learning about dinosaurs and myself included. I've learned about dinosaurs because of the earliest paleontologists who may have been wrong, but they started us learning about them. So cheers to the early paleontologists who got started. We shouldn't laugh at them because they glued a thumb on the nose. We should tell them if I knew nothing about this animal and I found that spike I would also think it would go on the nose. So I just wanted you to know. Here's the last thing I want to talk about Iguanodon. Why was it such a successful dinosaur? How was it able to live in Asia, Europe, and North America? How did it make it past the Jurassic period into the Cretaceous period? It probably has to do with its ability to travel long distances. It probably could walk for a very long way. In a day, it might be able to travel a very long distance. So that means it could constantly be moving and finding more food and never running out of food or water. Maybe it was because their teeth were made for chewing a variety of different plants. So as it traveled to new areas, it was able to chew up whatever plants it found. Some animals only like certain kind of food or some animals can only chew certain kind of foods. My guess is Iguanodon could eat a variety of food. But there's another reason why I think it was successful. Remember when I said they found 38 skeletons altogether? And remember when I said that to me that meant that they lived in a herd? I believe they were successful because they lived in a group, which meant they could all help defend each other. 
They were successful because their teeth were made for chewing a variety of plants, which means they could eat anything, any plant, not any. They didn't eat meat. And finally, because I think they could travel long distances. These things combined help Iguanodon be one of the few dinosaurs that makes it from the late Jurassic into the Cretaceous. So three cheers for Iguanodon. Let's give him a thumbs up. Do you see what I did there? Thumbs up? <laughs> Get it? Huh? Give Iguanodon a thumbs up. All right, that was the funniest joke in the history of the world. And you stinking kids better be laughing at that joke because it was the greatest joke ever. Don't write to me and tell me that joke wasn't good because you know it was the greatest joke in the history of the world. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you would like to become a member of the Patreon Club, pay attention to this. I'm going to take a little break. And when I come back, I'm going to answer some Ask Dinosaur George questions. <laughs> Become a member of the Dinosaur George Patreon Club and join the fun. We offer different club levels, each with their own set of benefits. Private lessons, new discoveries, behind-the-scene access, and much more are all part of being a club member. Visit DinosaurGeorge.com and sign up today. Hey, before I, before I jump in and answer the Ask DG questions, I just want to go through real quickly through the Dinosaur George Facebook group page. If you're not part of the Facebook group page, it's completely free. There's no charge. This is where you can post pictures. You can write me questions. You can uh, do videos. And I just want to very quickly go through. Now, this one is so, this is very cool. Uh, George Allosaurus and Fred Allosaurus and Dolly Parton. That must be their dog. Oh, it is. It is Dolly Parton. Um, Said, hey, Dinosaur George, we're on chapter two. I wrote a book called Dinosaur George and the Paleonauts, and my friend George is reading that book, and you're on chapter two. Thank you guys so much. I'm very proud of you for being a good reader, and thank you so much. Uh, this is from uh, this is from uh, Muhammad, who says, hi, El Stinko. Hope you're doing... Wait one minute. Did you just call me? Did you just call me El Stinko? Listen, no one knows who El Stinko is. El Stinko is a mystery. Let's see what you said in your video. Here we go. George, this is Plasmosaurus Rex, the blue one. The, red, the brown one, I pretend it's red. It's, it's Dragonosaurus. It's Dragonosaurus. Dragonotosaurus. Carnotaurus and dra and dragon DNA. This one, Godzilla and um, T-Rex DNA. Bye, Dinosaur George. That was Hi. such a nice video. Thank you, Muhammad. First of all, kid, I am not El Stinko. Let's get that clear. No one knows the identity of El Stinko. But it's not me. I love your drawing. Thank you, buddy, for sending me that. That's so cool. That is so very cool. And what do we got here? Now, here we have a uh, here we have a video of Aminosaurus. Hey, check this out. Let's let's see what she has to say. Hello, dinosaur George. This is a fossil of a big trilobite. Wow, that Hello, is beautiful. 
Aminosaurus, thank you so much for sending that. That is a very, very large trilobite. That trilobite is from Morocco, which is near Africa, and that is a beautiful one. Thank you for taking the time to send that. I like that so much. That is so absolutely cool. Let's see, who else? Uh, Elasmosaurus, who's six years old from Bend, Oregon, sends in a really cool picture of Triceratops versus a volcano versus three raptors versus two T-Rex versus Sorophagonex versus three Brachiosaurus versus Thanosaurus versus his babysitter. Uh, your babysitter is going to win because nothing is stronger than a babysitter. They make you do everything. You have to go to bed. You have to eat your dinner. No, I'm not going to let you drive my car around town. They're such bummers. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. Um, and Henry Rex had a magnificent birthday party. I'm looking at all of the incredible things. You guys, this is so cool. He and all of his friends are dressed as paleontologists. They sent videos of all the dinosaurs they saw. Happy birthday to you, my friend. And I'm so happy Henry Sor- uh, Henry Rex, Henry Rex, what a great name. Uh, that looks like great. And happy birthday, my friend. That's so cool. Okay, um, let's see. Hi, Gigi. I'm so excited to hear you answer my question on the last podcast. I have a new one. Ah, oh, this is from Trip. How good was T-Rex's eyesight? It was probably very good based on the CAT scan of its skull. You see, paleontologists can CAT scan the skull and they can see where the brain used to be. And they are able then to determine the size of the brain and the shape. And by looking at the shape, they can tell which bone or or which part of the brain went to which of the senses. And it appears that its sense of vision was very good. Ah, this is great. This is from Gemma. Hi, Dinosaur George and all our friends in the face in the Dinosaur George Kids Club. Susie Soros wants to show you a Christmas present she got from her grandma. A paper-constructed T-Rex. Wow. Whoa. That thing is ginormous. That is ginormous. That is great. How long did it take you guys to put that together? That is super cool. Thank you for sharing it with everybody, and I love it. Um, You made one mistake, Susie Soros. I think it's supposed to be riding on a motorcycle because everybody knows T-Rexes rode motorcycles. So I can't believe you messed that up, child. You need to go find a motorcycle, put it on there, and then it will be complete. Okay, wait a minute. Something is wrong about that statement, and I don't know what it is. Hmm. Huh. Anyway, it's beautiful. Congratulations. (laughs) And then Max. Whoa! Whoa! Max won this metal dinosaur. His aunt won it and gave it to him. It's a giant metal dinosaur. It is cool. Its name is Rexy. This is cool. I love that. Congratulations for your aunt who won it for you. That's super cool. And how nice that she gave it to you. What a nice aunt. That's amazing. That's so amazing. And then Ayansh from Melbourne, Australia, sent a picture of his Mega Rex. Oh, that's cool. Is there really a dinosaur called Mega Rex? Uh, there's not one called Mega Rex, Ayansh, but I'll bet you 
I'll bet you that would be a great name if they ever find a new giant species of carnivore. That would be the coolest name in the world. I like that one, by the way. That's so cool. And I hope everything is great over in Australia and you and all your family are staying nice and safe. That's so cool. Let's see. Hey, shout out to uh, Ms. Shulman, who was nice enough to put a link that the Houston Museum of Natural History has a, um, uh, you can do a virtual walk. So if any of you want to go to my website, you can click on that. You can do a virtual tour of the museum. And that's very, very kind. That's very nice of you for posting that. And thank you so more, so much. And then Waylon sent me a news article about a gigantic sea animal that was discovered in the UK. And that thing is huge. That is crazy cool. Thank you for sending that to me. That is so incredibly kind of you. Uh, Dino Boy in Sydney wanted to show you the Stegosaurus standing on its hind legs. That is great. That comes from one of my podcasts where I said it's possible that Stegosaurus may have been able to stand up on its hind legs. That is crazy, crazy cool. That's really neat. And you're also doing dinosaur footprints in Plato, which I think is awesome as well. Nicely done. Um, and then my little buddy, Philip Raptor who, by the way, had wished everybody a Merry Christmas. Uh, I just wanted to mention again how big that Indominus is. I love that thing. That Indominus is so gigantic. It's unbelievable. Um, Let's see. Uh, I just want to buzz through here one more time. Uh, Let's see. Susie Saurus also sent information about the giant sea animal. Looks like a big ichthyosaurus. Um, Let's see. Jonah got his birthday wish on podcast. I'm so glad I'm glad that you got it. I'm glad that you liked your birthday wish, buddy. And then um, let's see. Is it Innes or Ines? I'm not sure how it's pronounced. I know Otis, how Otis is pronounced. Both of my little friends from Australia created a dinosaur video. You know what? Let's, uh, let's take a listen to this dinosaur video. Hang on a second. Let me turn my volume up again. Let's take a listen. Here we go. Oh, man. What a great scene. Oh, my gosh. Look at this. They have pterosaurs flying by. They have a T-Rex versus Triceratops battle that they just showed. They have dinosaurs. There is water. There is land. There is trees. This was magnificent. Nicely done. I am so incredibly proud of you. You guys did great. Everybody needs to go watch that video. That video was absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, oh, how cool is this? This came from our friends, the Mir family, who said one of our relatives, Dr. Freeze, is one of the scientists who discovered an amazing discovery. This is really neat. Jurassic James, thank you for sending this, and congratulations for having an uncle who is a paleontologist. Please tell him I said hello. That is so cool. That is so cool. Um, and then this is really, oh, this is absolutely hilarious. This is absolutely hilarious. I love this, Renato, where, where, <laughs> where your daughter discovered. <laughs> this is just great. Uh, thought that one of the dinosaurs was handsome. All right, that is the coolest thing I've ever heard. That is the coolest thing I've ever heard. Oh, I love that. 
Uh, all of these videos are great, you guys, and these are so amazing. True Maddie sent in a beautiful picture of a chickenosaurus. Chickenosaurus. Uh, and it's being fried on a frying pan with DG dead at the bottom of his feet because they were doing who would win, and no one won. The stink bomb is floating up to the chickenosaurus nose. Okay, why on earth am I under a frying pan with a chickenosaurus? Would somebody explain that to me? That's great. Colin, I saw your artwork, and I love it. That's very, very good. Muhammad, I love that video. I watched it as well. That is so cool. Stop calling me El Stinko. No one knows the identity of El Stinko. You kids are the naughtiest children in the world. The world. Because no one knows the identity of El Stinko. (laughs) Henry Rex turned seven on January the 8th and got to go and see this awesome dinosaur adventure. Man, it looks like you are having a great time, buddy. I'm so proud of you. That's so cool. And then the Chase family asks, are Brontosaurus, Brachiosaurus, and Apatosaurus the same dinosaur? They're, they're not. Um, they're, they're actually three different animals. Now, I know this is confusing because Brontosaurus was thought to be the same dinosaur as Apatosaurus. But now scientists are back to believing that Brontosaurus is its own species. So what we have is Brontosaurus and Apatosaurus look very similar, but Brachiosaurus is different. Brachiosaurus has long front legs and shorter back legs, whereas Apatosaurus and Brontosaurus have about the same length front and legs. They're the same length, the front and the back. And then I wanted to, this this is very important. I wanted to give a very special shout out. Susie Soros is a very good friend of mine, and she has taken on a challenge of reading six dinosaur books before the end of the month. She posted the books on uh, our Patreon, I mean, I'm sorry, on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group page. Those books look amazing. I'm cheering you on, kid. I'm cheering for you. Remember, there's a prize at the end of it, kid. And I'm expecting you to win it. I expect greatness from you. And that's, I know, what I am going to get. All right. uh, Let's see. Here is another video. Uh, uh, This is from Akash. Akash, let's take a listen to Akash's video and let's see what you did. Hi, Dinosaur George. This is a picture of you using your stink bombs against an allosaurus who wants to eat you. You little stinking kid! Why am I having to use my deadly stink bombs to keep my favorite dinosaur away? What kind of a kid makes... Okay, this is the greatest video in the world. Nicely done, Akash. I'm very... (laughs) I'm very proud of you. That is so cool. That is so cool. I love that. Thank you for making my stink bombs green. Uh, And thank you for, I hope that made me survive. I hope I survived. All right. This is from Dominic, who's eight. She said, hey, Elstinko, which is you with the same. What did you just say, child? Did you just say I am Elstinko? Look, how many times do I have to tell you kids this? No one knows the identity of Elstinko. No one. No one knows the identity of Elstinko. Why? Do you kids think it's me when it's not? 
Now, in this picture that he claims is El Stinko, which is me, but it's not. It's El Stinko riding on a saber-toothed cat versus T-Rex. I love that picture. That's really, really cool. Uh, why does it say Dinosaur George and then you called me El Stinko? I am not El Stinko. Everyone knows I am not El Stinko. All right, Rue from Hampshire, England, um, went to the local science museum. Hey, look at this. Look at this. You are practicing being a paleontologist by uncovering. Very proud of you. That is really, really cool. I'm so proud of you, buddy. And I'm proud that you are reading. I'm just, I'm, I'm so glad you're doing that. That is so cool. And let's see. Then this is from Elisukas, Eli Sukas. I'm sorry, Eli Sukas, who's six. A T-Rex running towards you, an Archaeopteryx that is flying to its nest, and you can see its nest on the tree. Then there's green pterodactyls and volcanoes. URL Stinko complete. What it? And you say more than quadrillion percent? Let me tell you something, kid. I am not El Stinko. El Stinko is the greatest superhero that ever lived. Better than Batman, better than Superman, better than Spider-Man. Stop telling people I am El Stinko because I'm not El Stinko. What kind of kids am I dealing with? What kind of kids am I dealing with? All right, what do we got here? Let's do this short video of Godzilla Austin Rex. Okay, isn't that awesome? Here we go. So Indominus, T-Rex, and final Godzilla, and Sukumimus, and then Brachiosaurus, and then all of those other treasures, and the dinosaur DGs coming up, and it gets inside of the mouth, and then and then the dinosaur swallows him. And did you know Dinosaur Juice is Ostinko and Georgie Pants? You rotten little kid! Did you just say I'm El Stinko and then you call me little Georgie Pants? Let me tell you something, kid. Let me tell you something, child. Okay, first of all, your dinosaurs are super cool. But let's get back to this subject. I am not El Stinko. No one knows the identity of El Stinko. So stop saying I am El Stinko because I'm not. <laughs> Okay, Ben Onikis and his little brother, Scorpius Luke, have a 90-minute snow delay from school, so they made a Jurassic World in the living room. Hey, I like that. I even like that you put blue as the color for the water. You have your Mosasaur. You have a helicopter. That's very cool. I love that. I absolutely love that. All right, this has gone too far. All right, this is from Susie Soros, who saw a picture of the name of a place called Cha-Cha-Chai. And she's laughing because it has cha-cha-cha in it, which I cannot stand when somebody sings happy birthday and sings cha-cha-cha. What kind of a kid? What kind of a kid would do that? Who, I ask, would do that? All right. For all of you guys, uh, JW, again, thank you for your suggestion about uh, about uh, Iguanodon. Loved it. Um, Nino Stinko. <laughs> Heathoraptor is little Stinko. <laughs> Oh, that's absolutely great. Listen, thank you all. Charlie, thank you for drawing that beautiful Elasmosaurus. That's so cool. I I don't have time to get to all of your videos, but I love them and I watch them all. Uh, and I certainly hope that you guys um, 
let me let me I hope you guys continue to post them. I absolutely love them. There's so many great pictures. James did a great picture with Dimetrodon versus Carnotaurus. Uh, I see Akash, who called me a stinko. You rotten little kid. Uh, thank you all so much. Uh, Davi, I see yours, which is really cool. I like that so very much. Uh, Fang Raptor, that's absolutely great. Oliver, glad you became a T-Rex member. And... Uh, uh, sorry, everybody calls me El Stinko, El Stinko. So you just called me El Stinko and you said you're sorry. Everybody calls me El Stinko. What, what am I going to do with all of you kids? Do you have any questions about dinosaurs? Just ask Dinosaur George. You can post your questions on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook page or click on the Dinosaur George podcast page at dinosaurgeorge.com. Questions are chosen at random and you can submit as many as you want. And now, here's Dinosaur George. Yeah, I have a question. How come everybody thinks I'm El Stinko? Can't believe that. All right, let's go. This is from Mateo, dear Dinosaur George. How many fossils have you found? Mateo, in my life, I've probably found maybe a thousand different fossils, maybe more than that. I've been collecting fossils since I was like seven or eight years old. And um, I've been, I mean, I've been collecting since I was a kid. And so probably in the thousands, Mateo. Probably. It's a great question. All right. This is from Phoenix Velociraptor. Hi, Dinosaur George. I have two questions. Are Truodons related to raptors? And can you do a podcast on Velociraptor? Thank you. Okay. Truodon is from the main group that the raptors belong to. Some scientists put Truodon in their family. Some scientists think Truodon fits in another family, but very closely related. But Truodon has so many of the features. I put Truodon in the family of the raptors. And as for doing a podcast on Velociraptor, I don't, I don't know if I've done a Velociraptor podcast. Have I? I need to go look through and see. If I haven't, then shame on me because that's an excellent dinosaur to do. I need to look it up and see because I would love to do a, a, a Velociraptor podcast. All right. Elijah says, what kind of bacteria kills dinosaurs? Hey, this is a very interesting question, Elijah. Um, okay. One of the problems with fossils is that the fossil tells us some information, but it can't tell us everything. Like, for instance, bacteria is usually something that attacks like your, your heart or your kidneys or your lung or your stomach. And those things decompose and disappear when the dinosaur dies. So we can't really see them to see what bacteria may have done. Now, it is true that sometimes uh, like a dinosaur gets bit or gets hurt and bacteria sets in and infects it. We can see the evidence of where the bacteria attacked the bone, but we don't know which bacteria did it because the bacteria is gone. So it's hard for me to tell you, but I believe there were certainly viruses and bacteria that would have caused the death of some animals back then, just like today. Just like today. Good question, Elijah. Okay. Eliza Masaurus, who's six years old and lives in Bend, Oregon. What do you think Concavenator used its hump for? Another brilliant question. Another brilliant question. I, boy, I don't know. Some people think the hump may have been used as a place to store fat so that during the harsh winter, maybe it had enough to survive, kind of the way a camel does in the desert. 
or like a buffalo, a bison does in North America where they, the hump gets bigger because it's filled with fat. And that's what the body absorbs while it's kind of like it's, it's, it's refrigerator where it keeps extra energy. I just don't know. I don't know. It's a very, very good question, but I don't have the answer for that. I just don't know. All right. A six-year-old Boceratops from Connecticut says, were there any prehistoric hippos? Yes, there was. There was one called, let me see if I can remember his name. Archaeopotamus. Archaeopotamus? Archaeopotamus. I think that's his name. There was a bunch of early prehistoric hippopotamuses, but Archaeohippo, no, Archaeo, was it Archaeohippo or Archaeopotamus? Now I can't remember. I think it's Archaeopotamus is an early, uh, an early hippo that lived, I think, about 50 million years ago. But yeah, there were prehistoric hippos and they looked, some of them were bigger than hippos today. All right. Uh, let's see. This is from um, 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 Boceratops' older brother, Leo, wants to know. Okay, Leo, what makes you think you get to ask a question? What makes you think you get to ask a question? Because your brother asked a question, you want to you ask a question? Okay, here's your question. Did Archaeopteryx have an Ornithischian hip? All right, this is kind of crazy. Ornithischian means bird hip. But Archaeopteryx had a Sauruskian hip. Okay, no, let me say this again. Archaeopteryx had the hips like a bird, but it doesn't belong in the Ornithischian group. Archaeopteryx belongs in the Sauruskian group. And Sauruskian means lizard hip. Are you confused? Because let me tell you something, Leo. It still confuses me. The name lizard hip and bird hip are two of the main groups of dinosaurs. The dinosaurs that are most like birds all belong to the lizard hip group. I'm just as confused as you. (laughs) All right. Thank you for writing to me, Leo. All right. Rory from Hampshire, England would like to ask how fast did Triceratops run? You know, I'll tell you something, Rue. I think that it was probably pretty fast. I think it could certainly outrun a human. Um, I don't know how to transpose miles per hour into kilometers per hour, because I think in England, I think you guys use kilometers per hour. But I know that here in the U.S., we use miles per hour. I know that it probably could run about 32 to 35 miles per hour. That's very fast. That's way faster than any of us could run. So even though it was a big dinosaur, I think it could run relatively fast. All right, Harrison writes in, what is your favorite part about doing podcasts? You know, Harrison, I love answering questions. That's my favorite part. I love the answering questions. I like teaching you guys about different dinosaurs. I enjoy that. But uh, what I like the best is I like answering your questions. Thank you for writing, Harrison. That's a great question. Okay, a question from Wyatosaurus Rex. Could Titanoboa shed its skin? Wow. I think absolutely it did. Because all modern snakes shed their skin, so I believe it. They, they inherited that from their ancestors, and Titanoboa would have done the same thing. Can you imagine if you were walking along, and all of a sudden you see this 30-foot-long snake shed skin? You'd be like, this doesn't look good. 
All right. My new Raptor member, uh, Gabriel from Bristol, England, says, what does the Dimetrodon use its sale for? That's a good question, Gabriel. And um, uh, and welcome to the club, by the way. I'm glad to have you with us. Um, it's not Gabrielle. Wait. You know what? I think it's Gabrielle. I can barely read because the writing on this paper is so tiny. You know what? I think it is Gabrielle. I said Gabriel, but I think it's Gabrielle. Oh, you're going to have to let me know. You're a new member of the Raptor Club. Get your mom or dad to write to me to scold me and tell me which was the correct pronunciation. I do believe it's Gabrielle, though. I think that's what it is. Um, but anyway, regardless, it's a brilliant question. What does Dimetrodon use its sale for? Well, the sale, some scientists believe that the sale was used as a way for the animal to warm itself up. So it looks like Dimetrodon was spending a lot of time in the water, spending a lot of its time in the water. And so um, I think the sale would have been good for capturing the rays of the sun and using them to warm its body up. All right, those were great questions. And listen, I ran a little extra long today. So in this particular podcast, I'm not going to do a who would win, but what I am going to do is I'm going to go straight to an interview I did with a Tyrannosaurus Patreon member because I want to get these interviews because they're very exciting. So let's jump in and let me let you hear the interview I had with one of our Tyrannosaurus Patreon members. How would you like to be interviewed on a future podcast episode? Well, now you can. Become a Tyrannosaurus member of our Patreon club, and you might be chosen for an interview with Dinosaur George. Visit DinosaurGeorge.com to join the club. And now, let's meet a Tyrannosaurus club member. All right, everybody knows one of the best things about being a Tyrannosaurus member of Patreon is your name gets put on this giant wheel with the names of every other member, and that wheel spins. And if you're lucky, and it lands on your name, you're chosen for an interview. Well, 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 guess whose name it landed on? It landed on Conrad. Conrad, how are you doing, buddy? Good. I'm doing good. Good. So good. tell me, how old are you, Conrad? Let me guess. You're 59. 10. You're 50, 10. That's 60. You're 60 years old. Uh -huh. I'm 10. Oh, just 10. Well, I thought, I didn't think you looked like you were 60, but who am I to judge, right? So you are 10 yeah. years old. That's very good. And are you married and do you have any children? No. No. No, you're not married or no, you don't have children? Neither. Oh, okay. All right. So you're not married. Okay. Well, what are you doing with your life? You're 10. Isn't that when most people get married? Nope. Okay, good enough. I didn't think so. I'm just checking. You know, times are different than when I was young. All right, Mr. Conrad, you're 10 years old. What grade are you in in school? Or do you homeschool? Uh, homeschool. Nice. What grade level are you at? Is there a grade level that you're working at? Do you know? I, I have a fifth. I, no, yeah, fifth. Nice. Grade. Very good. Yeah. Very good. I also have autism. You have autism. Hey, a lot of my fans and a lot of my friends ha have autism, and it doesn't doesn't stop you from being uh, an effective member of society. 
I know. It's so good for you. So what what do you like to study the most? Do you do you like reading? Do you like math? What subject do you like the most? My favorite subject is probably history. Nice. Now, do you like like the history of like way back in history, like when the when uh, like the pyramid ages, or do you like the history of the U.S.? What do you like the best? yet we're kind of starting at the beginning of civilization and b- building up so we're at ancient greece right now we're learning mm. about ancient greece R- then we're going to learn about ancient rome and so on i loved those subjects i love them one of my most prized possessions is i received from an archaeologist a spear point of a roman spear that he had unearthed and mailed it to me, and it is one of my prized possessions. I love Roman history very much, so I know you're gonna. Lo- I know you're gonna enjoy it a lot. There was some amazing things about what the Romans did, as far as bridges being built and roads, and they did a lot of of, of amazing things. And of course, when you get to the Egyptians, there's a lot of amazing information about things like the pyramids. Have you learned anything about the pyramids yet? Nope. They're pretty amazing. But you've seen pictures of the pyramids, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know what they are. Absolutely. So that's, well, that's very exciting. So where do you live? Now, not your address, but where do you live? Ottawa. Ottawa, Illinois. Ottawa, Illinois. I was almost going to guess Canada. Nice. So let me guess. Is it pretty cold up there now? Oh, yeah. It's freezing. Oh, Oh, I don't like the cold weather very much. I enjoy playing yeah, in the snow, but actually, actually, we just moved from where? Stager. Was that? Is that? Stager, Illinois. Oh, by Chicago. Oh yes. Yeah. So was we it from Stager to Ottawa? Nice. Was it a long distance move, or is it still kind of close? Actually, it was long distance, but I wasn't there for it because my grandparents, they live all the way out in Chattanooga, Tennessee. So I visited them while my family moved. Oh, how neat. So do you... Yeah, so I uh, visited them while my family moved. How great is that? Do you like your new house? Oh, yeah. It's a work in progress, but... Sure. Well, that's exciting, though. That's that's really neat. So let's talk about the things you like to do. What kind of things do you like to do? Do you like, I mean, I know you like history, but are there other things that you enjoy? Do you like uh, looking at animals or do you like doing stuff outside? Do you like reading? What other things do you enjoy to do? Well, I like drawing comic books. I like making fan fiction. Nice. I like writing novels, and I also like um, making fan art. But I, but like any kid, I like games. Oh, do you have a favorite kind of game? Oh, uh, probably Minecraft. Do you like my? You know, I've never watched anyone play Minecraft. I don't even know how it works. I mean, I know you're. Are you like digging for stuff in the game? No, it's actually a free world game 
where it's con where you're in this infinite world and you have infinite possibilities. Oh, how exciting you can is that? Your dreams. That's very exciting. That's All very 3D exciting. 3D eight bit. Nice. Well, that sounds yeah. like an exciting game. I guess I'll have to I'll have to go start playing it now. You're going to get me hooked, Conrad. Yeah. I'm not going to get my work done because you made me start playing Minecraft. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so but, now I'm not going to get work done anymore. Thanks a lot, kid. <laughs> yeah, I like downloading Minecraft add-ons. Oh, that's neat. Like, you, they're like expansions to Minecraft, and most right. of them are actually prehistoric animal. Ooh. Nice. That's yeah. cool. Well, let's talk about prehistoric animals. First, let's talk about dinosaurs. Do you have yeah. a favorite kind of dinosaur or dinosaurs? Actually, my fa- my favorite prehistoric creature changes every day. Oh, a lot of people do that. What's your favorite yeah. right now? Um, today, my favorite... Oh, that's... Huh, that's actually kind of hard. Always takes a bit for me to do. I always like the ones I don't know a lot about. Oh, that's exciting. I'm very proud of you. I'm glad to yeah. hear that. Well, I've got Inpressivia, Seats. In fact, few, last week I was I I talked to Noah a bit. It's and my favorite dinosaur was Seats that day. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Well, let's talk about your favorite Permian prehistoric animal. You just mentioned it. Who is your favorite Permian animal? Inostracevia. Tell me a little bit about that animal. Well, like I said, I don't. I like it because I don't know a lot about it. Good. I do know it's. You take a you take a dog, make it a reptile, take away the ears, make it big, and give it. The teeth of a Smilodon. That is an excellent description. That's an excellent description. You know, a yeah, l- I, I very much favor the Gorgonopsids. Oh boy, boy. Yeah, well, Gorgonops, Ops, Inostracevia, that kind of stuff. Yes. Uh, as a matter of fact, if you've not had a chance. I teach a Permian lesson. It should be in the list that I said. I sent you all links to all of the lessons I've taught in the past. I sent it through your Patreon page. And I believe there is a link for the Permian lesson. And I teach a lesson. You can watch it because it's recorded. I teach a lesson and, and that includes a lot of the Gorgonopsians. Okay. And so if you get a chance, you might want to watch that. Um I love the Permian carnivores and a lot of people, Conrad, don't think about them because dinosaurs are more popular, but they don't understand about the Gorgonopsians. Those are some dangerous animals, right? And, and you know, I actually have a friend. He's a bookstore owner. Her name, Dylan. Yeah. And he's actually friends, childhood friends with a famous paleontologist. Really? Yeah, Stephen Brusati. Oh, how neat is that? What a so small even, world. Yeah, he even sent his link, my link to Brusati, so I'm going to be pen pals with him. How? He even has, yeah. 
I'm reading his second book. I've already read his, I've already read his first book. That's exciting. And he ha- he has two books, and I am reading the second one. Nice. Very his glad to hear that. His Age of Dinosaurs talks right. about evolution from the Triassic, first dinosaurs, Jurassic, Age of Giants, and Cretaceous, end of the dinosaurs. Yeah. Those, those are, that's a great book. That's very exciting. I'm glad to hear that. Then the second book, uh, the second, the second book is called The Rise and Fall of the Dinosaurs. Nice. Now, that one is a little, more, is a little bit more for adults. Right. The age of the dinosaurs is for people my age, while... The rise and fall of the dinosaurs is um, people, probably people my mom's age. Right. But you know what, though? I'll tell you something, Conrad. Just talking to you, I think that older book is going to be perfect for you because. Right. Because I think you are more advanced than other students your age. My mom says I am very mature, so she yes. has let me watch a PG thirteen movies. Oh wow! Uh, maybe um, a few rated R movies. <laughs> That's okay. Let me watch, and sh- and I have ac- I've I've actually read Michael Crichton's Jurassic Park. Whoa! Did you like the Did you like the book? Yeah, yeah. It's it's a. It's got a little more detail to like the real to real life than the movie. Yes. And I am currently in the process of reading Michael Crichton's Lost World, Jurassic Park. Nice. You know, anyone yeah. that has ever read read the books usually like the books more than the movies. Because in yeah, the, the books, books are better. Sure they are. Right, because you can yeah. use your imagination in the book, the movie, everything is done for you. So you can you can create a movie in your head that's much more entertaining by reading a book than what somebody else can create on film. So I'm very glad that you are a good reader. I'm glad to hear that. That's very good, as a matter of fact. Yeah. I'm, I'm also in the process of reading Peter Benchley's Jaws. Oh, that's scary. That's a scary yeah, one. The movie is good, but the book is very, is like phenomenal right now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, another, yeah. a, another good book to read or one that I like, uh, Steve Alton wrote a book called Meg and it's an interest. It's, it's way better than the movie. All Steve Alton is a good friend of mine and he wrote an amazing oh. book. I read Meg and it's a very good book. That's a good book to read too. If you like prehistoric life. Megalodon Ototus Megalodon. Absolutely right. Yes, that's exactly I'm, who it is. I'm actually, actually, right now, a gaming company is making a game called Prehistoric Kingdom, where you basically, you build, it's basically a game where you build your own Jurassic Park, only the dinosaurs are realistic. Oh, wow. Actually list the dinosaurs. The creatures by their scientific names. Like, like actually, they're they're planning on adding megalodon, but they're 
but from the concept art, it's not even listed as Megalodon. It's listed as Otodus M. Nice. Very yeah. good. And the and the mammoth is listed as Mammothus. Right. Right. So far, there are two T-Rexes. T- Tyrannosaurus R and Tyrannosaurus B. They list Tarbosaurus as Tyrannosaurus. Right. Tarbosaur- yeah. uh, Tyrannosaurus Batar is the name, I think, that they give it now. Tarbosaurus is still valid. You can still look up Tarbosaurus. But I think you're right. It's now scientifically Tyrannosaurus Batar. It's very yeah, good. Yeah, I... And that, and that's very sad because Tarbosaurus, like, is a. I liked the name Tarbosaurus. Now I that Tarbosaurus Batar, I don't like. I, it's I've sort of lost interest in it. Yeah, well, it's because once paleontologists look closer, they realize these are basically the same dinosaur, and that's why it's not justified to give it a different uh, species name, um, because it. It is so similar to Tyrannosaurus Rex. So nice, very good. Oh, I, when I listened to your podcast on Danuxaurus, I thought I don't. I really don't think it's a Tyrann. It is a baby Tyrannosaurus Rex. But I also don't think that it is a diff, a new species of Tyrannosaurus Rex. In fact, I think. That someday there will be a new line of fan of dinosaurs called the Nanotyranids. Ooh, that would be exciting! It's called the Nanotyranids. That would be how cool would that be? Yeah, a whole, a whole, because I do see that it does have like the two thing, thing, the three fingers, right? Right. The miniature three finger, right? But it also has enough differences that I don't think we should classify it as either Tyrannosaurus R, Tyrannosaurus B, or a Tyrannosaurid. Well, it looks like there's enough evidence to at least put it in the Tyrannosaurid group. But to your point, it it may be so different. It should be its own group within that group. And yeah. I like your nanotyrannosaurids. How cool is that? Are the yeah. nanotyrannids? Those sound cool, don't they? Yeah. So, what about raptors? Do you like raptors at all? Yes, I do. Yes, like the dromaeosaurs. I do too. I like them a lot. What about the sauropods? The the big ones. Do you like them? Um, my favorite sauropod is Sauroposeidon. Oh, I mostly. Like- Theropods, right? Yeah. Mostly like theropods, but my, if you gave me a a, a sauropod that I like, then it's definitely a sauroposeidon. Yeah, that's such a big animal, isn't it? Yeah. If uh, I'm correct, for a while they thought that sauroposeidon were bigger than Argentinosaurus. Correct. But but evidence shows Argentinosaurus is still bigger. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the exciting things about paleontology is that it's that it's everything's it always changes, which I like. I like that they either find a mistake that they made or a new discovery tells them, ah, you weren't quite quite correct. That happens a lot in paleontology, but that's what I like about it. I think it's more exciting that way. 
So what, what about well, museums? Have you ever gone to like you? What about like the Field Museum in Chicago? Have you ever been to that museum before? Yeah. Oh. Yes. I, three times to, no, four times. Nice. To be exact. And what was the big theropod? Um, well, I saw, I did see, I think, it wasn't a T-Rex, but it was a family member. Right. It was, I, it was either a Gorgosaurus, Albertosaurus, or Despedosaurus, one yeah. of those. Yeah. But I did see Sue, Ooh. Sue the T-Rex. Was she big? She was enormous. <laughs> I, I remember seeing her head, head. Yeah. I remember, I even went, they have their own movie theater. Right. And had a special movie about Sue. That's cool. Yeah, it was like about from birth, from when she hatched out of the egg. Right. To death, when she died, when she died of possibly disease, and it shows... And it shows her body first at fresh on the ocean, then it fast forwards to where this it it now look she, the body now looks skinny and is part and is partially buried, and fast forwards again to where you can see the bones are sticking out now and is half buried, then where it's nothing but fossils, and then the present where there are fossils oh, and it's buried. He'd, he'd completely. That's very exciting. Yeah. That's cool. I'm glad to hear you that. Know, Steve Brusati actually discovered her, like, the weirdest Tyrannosaur ever. Which one was it? Do you remember? Quinzosaurus. Oh, yes. <laughs> Rex. It was, he's, he's a T-Rex, but you gave him, basically T-Rex, you gave him Allosaurus crests. And then Spinosaurus knows <laughs> that this animal may have been a, a pescivore. Ooh. Well, may have, because it doesn't have like the little hook that Dilophosaurus, the Spinosaurus, I don't know how to pronounce this Spinosaurus, but Quaxilia or something. Right. I, I think <laughs> it's Oxalia. Oxalia. I think it's Oxalia. Ox- yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, if, if I'm correct, it's the biggest Spinosaurid? Uh, second biggest? Yeah, it would be second because uh, Spinosaurus remains the biggest. Right. Spinosaurus A, Egypticus. Right. Egyptian Spinosaurus. Yeah, exactly. I study dinosaurs a lot. Yeah. I know some dinosaurs that some experts may not have even heard of. That's very good. Well, let's do, you had mentioned, you had sent me a who would win. Do you remember what, who would win you had sent me? Let's do that. Yes. Dinosaur George with all the dinosaurs ever discovered, including Allosaurus, his versus 20 Indoraptors. Oh, well, okay. First of all, do I get to use the best weapon I have in the world? My deadly stink bombs. No. I always have to put away my best weapon. Everybody but, wants me to fight without my weapon. But you, but you have, have, but 
but who needs stink bombs when you have every dinosaur ever discovered on your side? Well, that is an excellent point. And so if I've got every dinosaur, those poor Indoraptors are not going to stand a chance. First of all, I'm going to get sore of Poseidon just to walk over and turn them into pancakes. Yeah. Then you could get Seax to just finish them off. That's exactly right. I could sit back and I can ride in on the back of an, in an on top of an Inostrosevia. I'll, I'll ride it like a, like a king. <laughs> I'll ride it. I'll ride it into battle. And that alone will make me win. <laughs> <laughs> and you finish it off with a herd of when you, you could finish it off with a herd of ornithomimus. Oh, that would be cool. That would look funny. They'd be fast as lightning, man. That would yeah. be cool. Uh. That is brilliant. That is so cool. Well, Conrad, I have had so much enjoyment talking to you. You do know a lot about dinosaurs. I'm very proud of you. Did you did you see that we're having a lesson on Thursday? I, I, I'll i send out another reminder, but we're doing a lesson this Thursday, kind of early in the day, because I figured most everybody is at home for the holidays. So I yeah. hope that I hope you join us for that lesson. That lesson is going to be on prehistoric mammals and sea, sea creatures. So we're going to talk about Megalodon. We're going to talk about Dunkleosteus. We're going to talk about the giant bears, the wolves, the dogs, the saber cats. Make- What's that? Megatherium. Absolutely. Absolutely Megatherium. Basilosaurus. I'm doing Basilosaurus. That's exactly right. He's in there too. Very good. Yeah. I, you can ask me a lot of stuff that I can't, that I, I can answer. I bet. Well. Oh, I have a question. Yes, go ahead. What, what is the skull behind you? Oh, that skull behind me is a giant fish called Zephactinus. That is a, yes, a fact, and it's late Cretaceous uh, fish that lived in the shallow sea that covered half of North America. It is a predator. That skull is big. I could fit my head in its mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I see. Yeah, that's who it is. It's every now and then I have to remind myself that it's behind me because when I look up on my screen, it looks like it's eating half of my head. And sometimes it scares me. Well, let me ask you something, Conrad. There are hundreds of thousands of listeners all over the world that listen to our podcast. Is there anything you would like to say to all of the young people listening? Is there something you'd like to tell them, even if it's just a greeting hello? What would you like to say? Hello, oh, everyone. On this. Now, how paleontology is dangerous. There are thousands of things that could go wrong. Hong. Hong. Scorpions, snakes, <laughs> lots of dangerous bugs and animals. Absolutely. But, sci- but scientists every day deal with that. That's right. If you want to become a paleontologist, it may be a, it may be scary out there because it, but it, it it is. You could you end up in the hospital at any moment in the middle of nowhere air bites bites hey scientists do that all the time and it's, it's and it's extremely rare as long as you take the safety precautions so if you want to be a paleontologist it's scary but i remember her 
Perf. If you really want to, then do it. Good. What great advice. And you're absolutely right. There, it, It's safety first in everything you do. And if you want to be a paleontologist, who knows what you can discover. And maybe if we discover a new dinosaur, we'll name it Conradosaurus. I think that's a good name. What do you think of that? Yeah. <laughs> Conrad, thank you so much, buddy. Did you enjoy your interview? Yeah. Good. Well, you did a great job. Thank you so much. You're welcome. All right, my friends. Well, I don't have time to do the Who Would Wins, but I promise you on the next podcast, I'll do some extra long Who Would Wins. I'll do many more. I hope you guys enjoyed today's lesson. I hope you enjoyed that interview. It was a lot of fun to do. And thank you all for writing to me and sending me such great questions. And uh, I am not El Stinko, so stop spreading that rumor. No one knows the identity of El Stinko. Until next time, my friends, be kind, be nice, use good manners, practice your reading. And if you want to work for me, your manners are the most important thing. You must be polite and you must be kind. Tell your parents you love them very much. And I know it may hurt, but if you have a brother or sister, give them a hug and just say here, I love you. I hope you all have a great day. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you all soon. to Dinosaur George Kids. Join the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group, become a member of our Patreon club, and check out our website store for cool fossils, rocks, and crystals. Visit dinosaurgeorge.com for details. Until next time, keep digging for knowledge. Yeah. Yeah.